So here we are back again with another episode of Sustain It, the water sustainability podcast where we talk about unique solutions to solving the world water crisis and the cool things that we discover along the way. So this past um, month, we took a journey to Ethiopia. Um, It was the first trip that we went to since last year. And the real purpose of the trip was to um, show our volunteers, show, um, you know, people that may not have seen it firsthand, a real firsthand glimpse of what the water crisis is in Ethiopia. And so what was interesting about it is that Even though the water issue is uh, so global and so um, extreme and just so out there, uh, many people don't know exactly what it looks like. And so when you think about below the surface and why we started, you think about, you know, um, children being excited to go to school, you know, having the time to go because they have clean water. You think about uh, the parents that, you know, don't have to walk miles to go get it. And you think about you know, the smiling faces when you see people and you greet them. And all these things are um, great images when you come to mind. You think about the people, but you really don't think about sometimes the people on the other side. So the people that can't be firsthand in the trenches, in the field, you know, kind of leading these projects through. You know, some people can't be hands-on, but then you still have um, people that contribute in time and in you know, money and in um, just other areas and they do it from thousands of miles away. But when you combine the two, when you take the person that's in the field, the person that is deeply passionate, that lives there, that's, you know, in the community, you take the person that's thousands of miles away and they're, you know, passionate, but they can't be there. And you combine the two, um, it really creates for a beautiful moment. And so that's what I got to experience uh, this past month um, in Ethiopia. So we had um, uh, volunteer uh, Brandon Rogers, who um, works um, specifically really on strategy in terms of technology. How do we want to combine these different solutions to expand and improve our solutions? Um, And he brought his mom. Um, And so it was just a really um, beautiful kind of thing to see. So that's what I'm kind of going to talk about in today's episode. So the first thing I want to say about the trip is that uh, it was probably the most fun um, that I've had um, in a long time. You know, uh, sometimes you have to make the best of a kind of a bad situation. So um, we had a funding delay on our project site. So um, there's some issues in terms of getting the wire transfer sent over uh, to some of the partners that we work with in Ethiopia. And so it delayed the project by, you know, really more than a month. So we had this month kind of trip already booked and set out to, you know, go see our project site, to go and, you know, actually, you know, show step by step, you know, this is what the water project construction looks like. And this is what um, the real value and impact is. Uh, But with no funding and with no, um, well, no funding, (laughs) you can't really move on to that next step and really show those prizes, those, uh, that process. So we had to improvise um, and still showcase what the value is through other um, through other solutions. So what we ended up doing is we ended up going to um, a number of different project sites. 
some that are potential project sites that you can't really um that haven't been completed and then you there's ones that are have already been completed and you know like okay this is what the final product looks like here's what the community's day-to-day looks like so you can see both um and one thing that was interesting too is that when you've seen the juxtaposition of the beauty and the culture and you know all these different things about ethiopia and then you've seen like on the other hand um some of the more harsher realities in terms of the poverty um you got to see both sides and that's something that we really value um at below servers because um Usually the media does one or two things. They either show the extreme, um, which is, you know, the extreme bad and extreme poverty and, you know, they show the other side or they'll completely just not show the beauty at all. So, you know, when you think about a lot of these um, areas, what they usually show is the bad and not the good. But you really need both um, because that's how life is. You know, the reality is that there's good and there's bad in every area. And so I think that along the trip, they got to see a little bit of both and they got to see it up close and personal, no filters, no media spins, just raw, uncut. Hey, this is life. This is a small glimpse of life in Ethiopia. And this is a small glimpse into how powerful the stuff that you're helping out with um, means to these people. And this is a potential opportunity to do even better. Uh, So that was really good to see. So the first place that we went to um, was about an hour and a half from Addis, so um, still in the so in Aromia, um, and we first got there. Um, well, when we first got there, we went to the um, regional um, water committee like office uh, lead. So um, we met up with the team there, um, kind of dispersed from there. And the first project that we went to was a uh, spring operate solution. So. Um, one of the things about spring solutions is that springs typically um, travel underground for about, you know, hundreds of miles sometimes. And so they're naturally filtered. And so because they're naturally filtered, uh, the water is clean. Um, the issue with this area was that the amount and the volume was kind of inconsistent. So um, the way the project was set up, um, whenever it was implemented, um, this is one that wasn't implemented by us, but whenever it was implemented, um, there's an ebb and flow into the stream. So the water and the amount that comes out isn't sufficient in terms of time and overall convenience for the community. So we went there, there's like 20 to 25 people kind of sitting, um, you know, they're all taking turns to fill up the, the jerry cans. You know, it's taking an excessive amount of time to fill up each. And so, um, you know, we're asking different questions about, hey, you know, how long does this usually take? How long has the solution been like this? Um, you know, what's the distance that you're walking to get to this water point? Um, you know, things that really understand, okay, what's the true situation here? Um, you know, and then what typically happens is uh, you'll have like siblings or you have like kids and they'll take turns of, okay, this person's going to school to uh, today, you know, and then the other siblings say, hey, well, I'll go collect water. Um, but then if you're only child, then, you know, you don't actually, you know, get to go to school that day you know, or ever, you know, or if you, um, maybe you don't have kids, you know, then the mother of the household, you know, she'll collect the water. And so we're kind of seeing that and explaining that to, you know, Brandon's mom and they're asking questions. Um, and so immediately, you know, the immediate reaction is like, okay, you know, how do we solve it? You know, how do we dive in? How, you know, what's the solution? You know, how much does it cost? You know, how, how soon can we implement it? You know, and 
that's kind of like the theme of when you go to a site. You're like, yo, man, all right, you know, you see the solution, you or you see the problem, and you see in your head a solution, and you got the team together, and you're like, okay, let's do it, you know. Um, but there's a couple things wrong with that approach that can be kind of um, disheartening, especially if it's your first time um, experiencing it. And so um, that's kind of what I experienced on the trip. Um, you know, basically because it's the spring and they have clean water, um, you know, they're pretty far ahead in terms of condition relative to other communities. So, um, so, just, so just think about that for a minute. So we just went through that, hey, you know, these people can't afford to regularly go to school or regularly live a normal life or enjoy some of these luxuries uh, that you see because they have to spend time collecting on clean water. And there's, you know, 25 people, you know, at a time filling these jerry cans and it's taking, you know, hours to fill it up. And their conditions are way better than the conditions of other areas in the country. So basically, because the conditions are so well, you know, quote unquote, it's a low priority. So in terms of, you know, where you want to focus your resources and your expertise and your training and developing a community is on areas that are um, worse off than them. You know, so even though you, you know, you have this energy and this excitement to do the project and, you know, to get stuff going as, you know, as soon as you can, because, you know, that that's, that's what you're passionate about. You can't always do that. You know, sometimes you want to come with the answers and either you don't have them or the answers just aren't the right fit right now. And so you have to wait. So it's especially difficult because you're in person and imagine, you know, someone comes, comes to, you know, where you live at and you don't really know them. Um, and then, you know, you kind of get a feel that they're there to help and then they don't. You know, it, it's a, it's a very tough thing to kind of go through, um, but it's part of the. Um, sometimes it can be part of a reality that you have to accept the fact that you know you have limited resources and that sometimes you have to prioritize. Um, sometimes you have to prioritize where to focus those resources at, in a way that you know doesn't always feel the best. That process where you have to leave a community without leaving something with them is a cold reality and a difficult pill to swallow. After that, we thank the community for lending us their time and sharing with us the realities of the water crisis for their community. And, you know, we regrouped as a team and just kind of collected ourselves on, you know, what we saw on our next best step and the next site that we wanted to visit. And so the next site that we went to was about 20 minutes away from there. And unlike the first site, it wasn't a spring solution. So... As I mentioned before, spring solutions are good because they do provide clean water because the water is naturally filtered through the process as it moves underground. This next site had a body of water that wasn't moving. So you had contaminants and toxins and all these things that cause 
waterborne illnesses and disease present in the water. And another big contrast to this site from the other site was that it wasn't a large group of people collecting the water at the time that we visited. It was just a small young girl. And the girl had to be about, you know, maybe three years old, four years old. You know, she was really young. Um, and it was her job and her responsibility to gather water for the household. So she has this, you know, really small yellow cup and she's collecting the water, you know, one small scoop at a time, you know, from this contaminated still life or still water kind of area. And, you know, it's another one of those things where no matter how often you see, you know, stuff like this, you know, no matter how many times you see it, every time you see it, it's going to affect you in some way. You're going to have to take a step back from reality, you know, and focus in on, you know, the important things of how do you bring a solution, you know, to this area and then how do you get it done? And so, uh, you know, one of the good things about it was that, you know, for this area um, and the severity and the impact and how many people are impacted by this contaminated body of water, it is an area that the resources that you have you can prioritize and put your resources to it. So um, unlike the other area where, you know, it wasn't as high priority, this is the area that is high priority. So we talked through um, everyone on our team and the people uh, from the community about, hey, you know, how many people depend on this water source? What's the average walking distance to get to this water source? What's the best solution if we were to implement a solution? How much would it cost? How long would it take? When could we start? Those kind of questions this time around weren't questions that were far reaching in the distant future, but something that is more near, something that we could implement uh, more soon, um, sooner than later. So um, we learned a lot about the community and at the same time saw another side of reality um, that is a little bit more, um, you know, tough to see and frustrating when you can't implement something right now because there's always that gap between now and then. The then being when you actually come back and you actually have a solution. So some of these things can be tough sometimes, but you always have to have the right mindset and the mentality to know that everything that you're putting towards it is contributing in an impactful way and making the situation better. And sometimes you just have to have that patience to persevere and to um, see some of these solutions through to completion. And so it was a very, um, very impactful. And so these first two trips to the different sites were tough. You know, it was discouraging. It's not you know, what you see, you see these pictures of, you know, smiling faces and you see like, you know, water and these, you know, communities and you see the solutions. It's not the sites that you want to see. It's not, you know, things that look good, but it's a, it's a reality that we face um, in this industry. And then when you're trying to do something big, you, you face these kind of setbacks and these low points and these moments that are like, man, you know, I just thought it would be different. You know, so it was really good to kind of share that moment with, you know, Brandon and his mom and, you know, 
uh, also share it uh, with the audience and you guys and the people out there. Um, and so the next site, you know, had a different vibe, you know, it was the opposite end of the spectrum in terms of emotions and in terms of uh, what we expected and the things we learned. After understanding the problems faced by these first two sites, we went to the third site that began without clean water and faced many of the same conditions as the ones we had just visited. Um, and just 30 minutes down the road, a community had been transformed all through one solution. And we wanted to see it firsthand. And when we first got there, there was a different energy. There was a crowd of people gathered together, but instead of being gathered around a dirty water source or a small unreliable stream, they were gathered around a water pump. And so um, the water pump was from a borehole drill water process, which is a pretty cool solution to see in person. Um, it uses a drilling rig to reach water stored in aquifers below. And usually there's a large ceremony as, you know, everyone from the village waits in anticipation to see the water rise to the surface. Um, once the water is reached, it shoots up and creates this kind of iconic view because at that very moment, the trajectory, like the life trajectory of thousands of people in a community are forever changed. It's a simple solution, yet it's something so needed and appreciated by those who rely on it. At the site, there was more vigor and smiles in the air, more laughs and a vibe that just seemed void of anxiety. You could feel a lightheartedness and a fun atmosphere to the interactions. And in general, there was just a indescribable emotional high. People were filling up jerry cans, taking turns operating the pump to share the load. It was a blur of selfies, silly photos, videos, and, you know, different introductions that bounced across the whole group. You know, me, Brandon, and his mom, we even had time to, you know, try to operate the pump and fill some of the jerry cans ourselves. So with one simple solution, kids now have more time for education and to step into the people that they dream of becoming. Farmers have more time to provide for their families and develop social economically. And the sorrows brought on by the loved ones lost to waterborne illnesses are turned into smiles about the future of tomorrow. Through the help of passionate people, people in the field living in communities working to see a change, and the people thousands of miles away working toward that same change, an entire community was transformed. When people witness firsthand the immense ways clean water changes lives, it reverberates for generations. And I was lucky enough to get a glimpse of that alongside great friends. So that wraps up this episode of Sustain It. I truly had a great time meeting the communities, understanding the problems, understanding the solutions, and just seeing the passion, the curiosity, and the eagerness to really make an impact amongst the volunteers that were there. Uh, so we're actually going to be headed back to Ethiopia later this year to visit the Bale region to undergo the implementation process and share with you in depth what it's like to complete a water project from start to finish uh, for the project that got delayed. Um, but until then, if you want to check out more of how we're reshaping water sustainability and empowering communities through clean water, please visit our website at www.belowsurface.org. Subscribe to the Sustain It podcast on iTunes um, and also follow us on social media at Below the Surface and on Instagram at Below Surface underscore. Thank you so much for listening.